You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. First John 1, verse 1 to 4. The Apostle John there writes, he says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, our hands have handled concerning the word of life. Okay? He says, The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness, and declare to you that that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested to us. Three. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. And then we saw verse 4 and verse 4 saying, the reason, these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. So we learned or we began to see that fellowship is for full joy. Praise the Lord. It's for full joy. You see, there are some things that you can enjoy on your own and really enjoy on your own. But there are some things that no matter how miserly you are, no matter how much of a loner you are, you can't enjoy. How many of us got married in secret? Praise the Lord. You see, there are things that for them to really happen, I don't want to mention enough suya. You see, when the suya is really, there's some type of suya that if you're eating, eating, you'll feel that if you finish it, nobody will believe how nice it was. So you invite someone. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You see, the apostle, he said, we are writing these things to you. Why? That you may have fellowship. That's what he wants. And then he says, the reason I want you to have fellowship with us is that what? Your joy may be full. Fellowship is for full joy. Praise the Lord. Fellowship is for full joy. I'm not a cook. I don't know how to cook. But it's amazing how the taste of food can turn out differently depending on how they stir the mixture. Am I right? You put the same quantity of pepper, the same quantity of oil, the same quantity of salt, the same quantity of everything. You stare halfway, the taste is different, isn't it? You stare fully, depending on where. Fellowship is the staring of the brethren. It mixes it well. I think it comes out more in cake, right? If you mix it well, you know, it comes out. Fellowship is the staring. So you have a gift. Maybe your salt, maybe your oil, maybe your um, bomo, maybe your, you know, Shaki, <laughs> praise the Lord. When we come and, you know, we fellowship, the taste of the food comes out nice. He says these things I'm writing that we may do what? Have fellowship together. Praise the Lord. Acts chapter 2 verse 40 to 46. Let's look at it again as we, you know, do a review. Acts 2 40 says, and with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that there about 3,000 souls were added to them. 
And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Notice that they continued in the apostles' doctrine. Foundational. What's the next one? Fellowship. What does fellowship mean? It means companionship, sociability, comradeship, fraternization, friendship, mutual support. It doesn't really sound spiritual, does it? It doesn't. But when you have the apostles' doctrine and you don't have fellowship, you miss something. So that revelation, that word of God that comes, needs us to bring in that interaction so that the full flavor, the full manifestation will come out. As we go, we're going to you know, see why these things are so. Okay? So it goes on and it says, Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. 44 says, All who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. This is a model that every church would desire to get to. It's very difficult in the time we live in because of um, so many things and um, one of the reasons it's very difficult is that the Bible says all who believed, you know, all who believed were together. In this setting, I want to believe that they knew their uprising, they knew their downsitting. There was full knowledge, okay? But unfortunately, here now, we gather in this environment and for the rest of the week, we don't see. So why would someone who, you know, doesn't really know your uprising and downsitting what you do, why will he break himself down to support you when he's not even sure whether where you're coming from, you have mansion, but you're coming here to form? Do you understand what I'm saying? There was total clarity. They knew each other. And, you know, such environments are easier when the church is smaller and, you know, people know themselves. But it's also possible, even in smaller units now, as you get closer, you find out that this is this brother. This is his story. I know where he's coming from. And maybe in one experience, he behaves in a particular way. And you know that if this were me, he would also what? Do the same. Okay? So it helped them to open up. It helped them to interact. Now, it's the desired model. And we trust that the Lord will help us to get as close to it as possible. Praise the Lord. You know, but in an environment where someone comes and borrows money from you and tells you unfailingly, tomorrow... I will bring it back. And then that unfailingly tomorrow turns to two months. And then if you're not asking for the money, say you're insulting him. How will such a fellowship grow? You understand what I'm saying? So there's too much falsehood. But I believe as the hearts are sincere, we could be that army that is rising up that will get it 100% right. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. So he said when this happened, verse 46... It said they continued daily breaking bread from house to house. There was knowledge of who you were, you know, just like I mentioned. They've been to your house. They know who you are, okay? They know everything about you, and they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. If time permits us, we're going to see, we're going to see Ananias and Sapphira and see that that was the outcome 
It was the Holy Spirit dealing with what we are talking about. But I think now the, the proportion of the Ananiases and the Sapphires are too many that if the Holy Spirit struck, maybe there won't be anybody remaining again. That's it. They lie so much. You know, people lie clearly now, you know, black and white lie. They say, Pastor, the reason I'm late is that it's raining, it's raining. You say, where is it raining? You say, it's raining in Jahi. And you're thinking whether you're crazy because you're in Jahi and it's not raining. You know? No, I mean, I'm in Jahi and you're in Jahi and you're telling me it's raining. I'm, I'm not saying the Abu Jari. That people are strong-hearted now. So, the Holy Spirit can't do Ananias and Sapphira. Do you understand? The whole place will empty. You just... You think people are falling under the anointing. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But really, this is what we need. Because the Bible says, as they did that, verse 47 of Acts 2 says, praising God and having favor with all the people. A church that does not exemplify holiness has no respect from the world. And that's why as a church, as a people, we must pursue holiness. Let me tell you something. The world will never respect the church for prosperity. It's not our glory. The only thing that will cause the world to respect the church is holiness and unity. If our holiness will bring unity itself, praise the Lord. So we, we see that in Acts chapter 2. It's also there in Acts chapter 4 from 32 down. The Bible says from Acts 4, 32, it says, Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own. But they had all things in common. Praise the Lord. They had all things. No one said what they possessed was their own. Let me break down how this also won't be able to work now. You know, like um, I think it was Mom Chida used to say, someone travels abroad and everybody expects him that when he comes back, he should buy a gift for everybody. But some people have more money than the person traveling. And a building house in this Abuja, nobody knows. You, you're paying rent. Eh? And then you want to travel. And because you can't hide traveling, everybody knows you're traveling. So when you now travel, you're owing everybody. Meanwhile, there are people who are with you who are quietly building house. They're bought land in Asokoromite, in different places. They're working like this. So you're owing them. But they're not owing you because their own wealth is hidden. And because their heart is not open, they have not made you know. Are you getting me? He said they had all things in common. So if you had land, it's just like the village. Everybody knows who owns everything. Praise the Lord. We should be open. You know, we should be open. People now don't share testimonies of God blessing them because when they share the testimony that God has, in fact, some people don't even pay tithe because of the thing. God has blessed you now. Instead of you rejoicing and, you know, coming to share testimony or pay your tithe. He said, ah, if I bring this 5 million, they'll calculate I made 50. So you chop the 45 and the 5. You know? Because when one person shares the testimony, everybody queues up now. Meanwhile, I don't know that someone around you has much more money, but it's just being stingy or being, you know. So anyway, that's not, um, we're just saying that it's the ideal and we trust God to get there in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. So we saw the discipline of the Holy Spirit. Anything that goes contrary to God's word has God's response. As while the earth remains, the Bible says, seed time and harvest. Genesis 8.22, shall not cease. Let nobody, the Bible says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, what shall happen? 
same also he shall reap. So these things I'm sharing, if anybody is doing that, you must change because it will show. It may not show directly. People may not see it directly. Say, ah, it's because of this. But the consequences will be there. Praise the Lord. The consequences will be there because God is not mocked. You know, I've told us a story about um, a young boy and a young girl who were playing. And the young girl had um, sweets and the young boy had pebbles. And the girl asked, either the girl or the boy, any, one of them asked for pebbles that the other one was holding. So the one who had sweets said, okay, take my sweets. I have more at home. And the boy said, take my pebbles. I can always get more. So they exchanged. But in the process, I think either the boy or the girl, one of them gave one less. So if the boy had seven pebbles, he gave six. The girl had five sweets. She gave five sweets. Okay? And when they got home, okay, the boy couldn't sleep. He kept turning on his bed and saying, these five sweets that this girl gave me, am I sure she didn't have ten? I, am I sure she didn't have hide five? But the girl went home with her six pebbles and was very happy because her heart had been opened. The boy couldn't sleep. So there are consequences. Praise the Lord. The girl was sleeping. The boy was awake, turning. Who knows how, how, how many she kept back. This girl has cheated me. She be why you? <laughs> you understand? So these are some of the things. So the Lord will help us. Amen. Fellowship is sweet, but the beauty of fellowship is one heart, one soul, one mind, sincerity and purity. Praise the Lord. Okay, so we, we looked at that, all of that on Sunday, and we also said that the things we are learning, there are things that make Christ who he is. You know, there are things that flow from him. And we learn that cults, false religions, they take some of these things and master them. However, they take them to extremes. And it becomes a marketing tool, an attraction for diverse kinds of people. But we are saying, even though they do all of that, we that have the whole truth should bring it together and do what? And put a balance on it. Praise the Lord. And I believe that's why Lord Jesus Christ, one of the conditions he gave to us was that unless you eat my flesh, I think we've learned that here, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. You know what that means? It means that you take every bit of me. When you eat something, all of it is in you. Are you with me? So the fellowship we are learning now is essential. The brotherliness is that no matter how difficult it is, we have to work hard at it. Because it's part of what he did. He, though he were God, did not consider robbery to be equal. He came and became our brother. Praise the Lord. He came and fellowshiped with us. Like the song sign says, he walked where I walked. He sat where I sat. He ate what I ate. He went through everything. He became identified with us. Praise the Lord. So we see that people take extremes and run, but ours is to bring in everything. So we bring in the fellowship, and as we are learning brotherly you know, love and fellowship, we also learn the prayers. They say these people fellowship with what? I mean, the apostles' doctrine, fellowship what? Breaking of bread and prayer. So we see that all of them come in. Anyway, so all of that is there, but we break bread, but we also pray. We also fast together. Everything together. Are we getting what we're saying? Let's look at that Ephesians 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Let me just read from verse 1, but our emphasis is 4, 4 to 6. I'm reading from message again. In light of all this, here is what I want you to do while I'm locked up here. A prisoner for the master. 
I want you to get out there and walk. Better yet, run. On the road, God called you to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. And mark that you do this with humility and discipline. Not in fits and starts, but steadily pouring yourselves out for each other in acts of love. Can you see that also? We run this race by doing what? Pouring yourselves out for each other in acts of love. Alert at noticing differences and quick at mending fences. Now let's read four to six. Let's read it together, everyone. You were called, you were all called to travel on the same road. Okay, let's read it with ourselves. Let's read it together. We were all called to travel on the same road and in the same direction. So let's stay together, both outwardly and inwardly. We have one master, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of us all who rules over all, walks through all and is present in all. Everything I am and think and do must be permeated with oneness. Praise the Lord. The apostle here is writing to this church, the Ephesians church. And he's saying something there. He said, you are going, you are all, everyone born again is going in the same direction. Praise the Lord. He says, it's the same road, is the same direction. He says, so what? Stay together. And we've used the illustration here. Anytime you see people, you're traveling, you don't know the people in one vehicle. Once you realize all of you are going in the same place, what happened? There becomes immediately an automatic bond. When the person stops to buy banana, you don't want to buy banana, you just stop and you're waiting. Because you already know what is going on. You're all going in the same direction. Very simple. I also remember in the university, a few of us may remember that. In your class, in your course, you know, maybe you don't even know your classmates. But you know what happens when exam approaches? All the people that you used to hang out with to fool around, you don't hang out with them again. That's when all those in the department of accountancy, you see them together. Those in the department of uh, uh, management, you see, you know why? They have common problem. Automatically, nobody plans it. Because you're solving the same equations. You all get together. And what happens? Everybody's helped. This person teaches this person. This person learns from. This person says, ah, you know, this is this. Everybody, it works automatically. Now, the same way in the church... Like we learned when we looked at Hebrews 10, 23 to 25. Seeing that the end of these things, it says, Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as is the manner of some. As we see the day approaching, we need to come together. We need to come together. I don't think anybody has ever committed suicide in the midst of six people. Is it possible? No matter how worthy your body is, if you keep around people, do you understand? If you keep around the brethren, you can't. So it says not forsaking. Don't forsake. You know, and like I don't know who mentioned, maybe I get connected or somewhere. It said no temptation. You know, the Bible is the word of God. How many of us truly know the Bible is the word of God? Let me tell you, no temptation, nothing you're going through is peculiar. He said no temptation has befallen you. But such as is what? Look at the word the Bible used. Common. Common code. 
But such as is common to man. In fact, in another place, I think it's Peter that is speaking now. He says, knowing that these temptations, these trials, are being suffered by your brethren. Where? Everywhere. But when you isolate yourself, you think your situation is peculiar. And when it's peculiar, it becomes magnified. And when it's magnified, it becomes unbearable. But when we come together, you find out that, ah, this is your story. You hear someone's own, you just keep quiet. You don't even talk again. Praise the Lord. So it says, we are traveling on the same road in the same direction. It says, so stay together. In essence, this Holy Spirit is saying, it's only reasonable that you stay together. Okay? He goes on and he says, both outwardly and inwardly. And this is what we are trying to address about the sincerity of heart. Okay? He says, you have one master, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who rules all, walks through all, and is present in all. This is where I want us to you know, spend some time tonight. It says we all have one God, praise the Lord. We have one Father, okay? And this, our God, rules over how many? Over all. But look at the other one. It says he walks through all. So it means that God is over all of us. And like we've learned, sometimes when God wants to walk in your life, he doesn't come from above. He walks through what? All of us. Now, it means that if I'm expecting a visitation from God, I must be careful it might be coming from someone here. You know the Bible says, give, and it shall be what? Given to you. Ah, Why not give and God will give to you? Or even better still, when you give, who do you give to? You know we say we give to God. You still give to an institute. Have you ever seen God? You write a check and say, I'm writing this check to God. Which bank? Hmm? Which hemisphere are you going to send the bank to? It's still going to be a people. Praise the Lord. So it says God is in you and walks through all. So God is in my brother. God is in my sister. In fact, not just God is. God is walking through my brother. God is walking through my sister. That's what we are learning. Okay? Now, now, I must mention that as God is walking through my brother and my sister, the enemy is also trying to walk through them. Oh, yes. Because the devil can't, you know, he can't just appear, you know. No, now. He has to walk through somebody. So, God is walking through people. And we are now told that because he's walking through all of us, let's leave the devil for now. He said, let us stay together. Let us benefit from this work of God that is coming from all around us. Praise God. Now, look at the other one. It says, and is present in all. This is the part that it gets into. So it means you want to, how many want to reach God? It would be nice if there is something I can send straight up into the heavens and reach God. But if I'm not sure, I can reach my brother because he's a correspondence for God. You remember those days when we write letter? We'll say to the MD, through, that's what the Bible is saying. God is present in you all. So you can reach God through. I remember as a young child, many of us may have had this tradition. It's called Salaka in Igbo. How many of us remember it? There's a way a child will be having problems. You know, I can't remember what exactly, but I think they did that for me, you know, a couple of times, I remember. And the prayer person would just recommend, go and call the children in the neighborhood and just feast them. And there will be peace. Do you understand? Why? They write a letter through, God, we need your intervention. Through 
the children in this neighborhood. God walks through all and is in you all. That's why like we're learning, marriage is not a joke. When you're married, your spouse represents God to you. You can reach God through her or through him. That's why the, you see the, the word of, somebody say, I love the word of God. Okay, say the pastor said he loves the word of God. Okay, don't want to use me. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's why the Bible says, I love this, that's why, because you're just speaking and the Holy Spirit is, that's why the Bible says, husbands, treat your wives well. You know why? So that your prayers will not be, how can you be insulting my through all? Maltreating my through all and then be expecting me to pass. Which road will I pass to meet you? God is in you all. Now, what does that mean? It means that every contact I have, we're going to take it further, but we're talking about family and the church and all of it. Every contact I have is an opportunity to receive from God and to give to God. So how I treat you like um, uh, the pastor, was that a pastor, a friend from Raymond that came? He could tell me, you know, like he said, he said the way you love the person you love the least is an indication of the way you love God the most. Because John said, I'm a liar if I hate my brother that I see and I claim I love God I don't see. Why? Because God is in my brother. God is in my sister. God is in my neighbor. So fellowship is an opportunity. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Fellowship is God giving opportunity to love him and to receive from him. You know? I had one man recently, he said he, he used to have a habit of collecting sacrifices and giving to his dogs. Because see, these idol worshippers, they put sacrifices on the road in expecting their God to come and eat it. So the man says he collects it and feeds it to his dogs. Another man said, I, I actually heard about another man, another boy, you know, it was a small boy who told the story, who used to go and collect it and eat. They were so poor. So the boy will be collecting it and eating and be growing fat. Everybody will be wondering what happened. You know? So God is saying, don't put sacrifice on the road for me. If you want to give something to me, he says, give your neighbor. Praise the Lord. Because he says, I'm walking through all, and I'm in you all. In fact, the Bible tells us that some have unknowingly entertained strangers, direct messengers, because of the way they interact with who they see. So spirituality can actually be seen. You know, there's a time and sometimes it appears as if someone is spiritual. You need to now wear, you know, some spiritual microscope to discern his spirituality. No, God is in me. You know, someone was speaking to us recently and was saying about, he said, this person is a genuine Christian. This person is a genuine, say, this person is not. Ah, and, you know, the person they were telling was arguing. He said, no, because the person does A, B, C, D. You can't hold that against her. Because spirituality will be seen in the way you deal with people you deal with. Based on this scripture. God is in you all and walks through you all. So you see some people, their behavior, they behave, you know, terribly. And then they sound spiritual. You now know what the conclusion is. Praise the Lord. So fellowship is God-given opportunity that we can grow amongst ourselves. We can seed, we can harvest, you know, interact with one another. And as we're doing that, God is working, God is working, God is working. In our midst, he's working amongst us. I remember the story also. Where, where, where do I even get some of these stories? You know, a, a young man, you know, was engaged to a, sis, a Christian sister to marry her. 
And then this sister went and started sleeping with the young man. And the man called off the relationship. And the girl was lamenting, you broke my heart. He said, ah, if you can't be faithful to your God, it's me that will marry you. You won't be faithful to me now. Does, didn't your God say you should not sleep with a man before marriage? That's a word for somebody. Eh? God is in you all, walking through you all. You know? You make promises to people you don't keep. You know? This is scripture. It says he rules, he walks through all and is present. I like that word, present in you all. So the Bible reminds us, if for those of us that are bosses, it said, be careful how you treat those who work for you. He said, because you also have what? A master in heaven. So you're the boss, in a sense, over God, over God's people. So you're treating them, so God said, eh? Hey, this man. God is just looking at, ah, see the way you're talking to fellow human beings. Simple. These are things that fellowship, you know, helps us to learn and perfect. So we start off with my no, no, but as we're interacting, you're getting better. So growth spiritually is actually manifested by your life in the fellowship. It's not by how spooky you behave. You're walking, say no, don't cross. There are some bad spirits that are passing now. Say wait. After some time, you say, let's go now. Lie, lie. <laughs> it's not spirituality. Praise the Lord. No, it's not. It's not. God is in you all and is, you know, working in you all. Let me show you some scriptures to help you. You know, let, let's see some scriptures to help us. The first one that I want us to see, very interesting one. 2 Corinthians 13, 2 Corinthians 13, 11 to 14. Is a, it's, it's actually the... The 14 that I'm going to, so we can actually just take 2 Corinthians 13 years. It says, finally, brethren, farewell. Become complete. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Are you seeing it? Live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. It says, greet one another with a, a holy kiss. I don't know what this means, but at least the word holy is there. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. All the saints greet you. Look at 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You know what the Lord showed me from this scripture? Someday, even before now, it said the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is given. That grace is permanent, is always available. The love of God is also established. For God so what? Love the world. Even before we are created, God loved us. But you know that last one? The communion. The fellowship. They don't stop fellowship for tomorrow. It's a continuous thing. It's a continuous thing. Let's see the amplified of that verse 14. You see something there? Why God is teaching us these things now? 14. Let's read it together. The grace, favor, and spiritual blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the love of God and the presence and fellowship, the communion and sharing together and participation in the Holy Spirit be with you all. That part is not automatic. You can disconnect yourself from it. The grace will be there. The love of God will be there. But the communion, in fact, the Bible says, as many as are led, which is also a continuous participle, by the Spirit. Say, these are what? These are the things that hinder our faith. 
or hinder our productivity or our advancement. Imagine your GPS trying to lead you somewhere. Hmm? And you get to a particular road. You turn it off and start taking the route that you're enjoying. Will you get to where you're going? You know why? You were led to a point. And at that other point, you were. As many as are led, that's the only thing that will guarantee you arrive. It's the same thing here. The communion, the sharing together, the continuous fellowship in the Holy Spirit. He said, you and I need it. Praise the Lord. And remember, the Bible says we should not quench the Spirit. We should not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom we have been sealed. These are things that hinder God's work. But tonight we are learning by His grace. Praise the Lord. The import. So you can claim the grace is there. The love of God is there. But they need to lead you into the place. Are you with me? They need to lead you. And that leading now, thank God they've made it clear. Say, you know, you, you come in, you belong to you. Maybe you're in the ushering department or you're in one department. And the department says, for this Saturday, we're going to fast. And you look at the HOD. You're 17 years older than him. Small boy. You just think everybody's your mate. You just be calling fast anyhow. Meanwhile, maybe it's because of you that the Holy Spirit led the HOD to call the fast because you're supposed to be in communion. You need, you're going for something. There is a breakthrough you need on Monday. And they need you to come fasting. And as you people share together and pray, that Saturday, something will happen. You disconnect yourself from the fellowship. The grace will be hovering. The love of God will be weeping. My children, how I've desired to bless you. Praise the Lord, somebody. So we find these things are, you know, put in the scripture. They're tied together. Let me show you another one. Many of us as believers, which, you know, I've mentioned, in fact, this person that was saying this person is a genuine Christian, this person is not, was talking about relationship of a, part of a Christian to the family. Okay, so he's saying, no, you cannot treat your family like this and claim to be a Christian. You know, simple. And let me tell you, let me show you. Acts 23, verse 11 to 16. Something happened there. Acts 23, 11 to 16. The Bible said there was a plot. The Jews plotted. They took oaths that they would not eat until they killed Saul or Paul. Okay? And before that time, in verse 11 says, the Lord had spoken to Paul. What did he say to him? As you have testified for me in Jerusalem, so what? You must also bear witness for me at Rome. That's the promise God made to Paul. After that, the next line says, after God had said, I will keep you. The next line says, a plot rose against him. What was God's defense to keep him from being killed? You know what? The Bible says, as they were plotting, his sister's son heard it and came to tell Paul. Some of us, the type of relationship we have with our families, if our sister even hears, she won't do anything. If the son hears, he will just watch Cartoon Network. It means Paul must have been the kind of uncle. Are you getting what I'm saying? This boy heard it and came to where Paul was in detention. You see, the word of God is one. 
You can't joke with any relation. There's a reason why he says you should do what you should do. Because sometimes God's deliverance for you, God's blessing for you, could be coming from an angle you wouldn't expect. Are you telling me that if that boy did not, if you look at, when you go and read that story, right? if you see the army that the centurion sent to take Paul there, you know it was a serious matter. If that thing was not revealed, that would have been the end of Paul. It talks about relationship with family. How many of us do our mothers still pray for us well? Don't forget them. Praise the Lord. You can't. You need their backing. They might not even be born again, but let there be no, even if they try to be angry with you, let there be no basis. Don't come to the city and all you know is uh, 5G and 4G and the newest phone and all of that. You must see to it that all they have for you is blessings. Praise the Lord. Why? Because God is interested. He's watching everything. Deliverance was sent to Paul through the sister's son, family. It could have been through a lad, a nameless lad. But the Bible gave us the sister. So Paul's relationship with the sister, and the sister, it means when Paul, in the midst of his spirit, spirit he used to buy bread for the boy. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He didn't just come and say, bless you, bless you, bless you. The boy would have also where he was, say, Paul, bless you too. <laughs> his hope of bread and cake, they wanted to destroy. He said, lie, lie. You people will not touch my uncle. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Let me even take this you know, further. Many of us in the places where you work, you're too cocky. You're too prideful. They get men, if they see a wall putting nail in your tie, they'll put it. I want to beg you as Christians. Let me tell you what I do. Anybody that I see and see, I will greet, even if you don't want to greet me. Because I don't need more enemies. The devil hates me with a passion. And the feeling is what? Mm-hmm. But I want, at least if the other people are not for me, let them be neutral. You're laughing. Oh yes, no, your neighbors, don't treat your neighbors. You might be the only person that has a car in your neighborhood. Don't just be disturbing everybody so that there'll be, there'll be, the day something happens to your car, you say, ah, hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you understand? You, you have to, you, we, are, we are spiritual. We have to be over and above. You come to the office, you, you may be, they may all be your juniors. Greet them well. Nobody knows the day they're plotting something against you. One of them will say, ah, no, this uncle or this brother is always there. He will run out and tell you. Do you understand what I'm saying? These things, I mean, nobody should beat us in it. The world shouldn't be better than us in it. You should be far above them. Love everyone as much as is within your ability. Humble yourself. Let them, let them just say, where, where I live, so many Muslims, but things happen to them and they call me. How is it happening? Because I make effort, you understand, to present a face to them so that if for anything, maybe Jesus appears to them in a dream and they need a Christian to guide them, let them know they can come to me. You understand? The interaction... These things, you know, this is not the fellowship, but I needed to mention that I believe it was for somebody. In Job 42 verse 10, the Bible says of Job, Job 42 10, it says God turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends, restored his losses when he prayed for his friends. 
Now, let me tell you what is going on here now. Ephesians 4, 4 to 6 says, God is in you all and through you all. Job had been tested. And the Bible says, in all of this, Job did not what? Sin against God. But his friends were there sinning against him. Have you? And why were they sinning against him? He would look at them and smile. He said, this people, they don't know. It's because of what God is doing to me. If not, you people can't even be talking to me. Do you know why God asked him to go and pray for them? God wanted to see whether Job still had a wrong attitude towards him. Whether he was angry with God. It was not about them. How can you be praying to, to God? He was still in his situation. And God said, pray for them. You know what he was checking? Do you still see me good? Am I still sanctified in your eyes? Are you getting this thing? Everybody around me is a resource. Everybody is a resource. Positioned by God. So, their interpretations heaven wants to hear. And it's not what you tell them. They want to see from what you're doing. So heaven needed to see what is Job's attitude to God. How many of us have been in situations and someone called, he said, please, I'm not ready for any person's wahala. My own wahala is too much. Have you said that before? Uh-huh. Don't say it again. You're in church tonight. Because that is showing your attitude towards God. They said to Job, God said, go and pray for your friends. And Job got up. Every step he took towards his friends was telling God, I still honor you. I don't understand what is going, you know, what you're doing with my life, but I still honor you. So, brother, so, the Lord said I should give you 5,000. I'm in need of a miracle of 50 million. But, brother, so, God said I should give you 50,000. What you're doing by that is that you're magnifying the Lord. But some of us, when we have problems, even the one we promised to give before will quench. What you're doing then is that you're saying God is not able. You need your own private resources, your own ingenuity. Type, you won't pay again because you're broke. Giving, you won't give again. Those you own, you will never pay them again. But God is saying, <laughs> I'm watching to interpret your interactions to see what you speak of me. If that's too difficult, let's look at Joseph as we round up. Joseph, Genesis chapter 40. We said fellowship, you know, we've said in another way. Fellowship is fellows in the same ship, isn't it? So, we weren't told whether the servants of Pharaoh were justified, why they were put in prison. We weren't told why. But what we know from Genesis 40 verse 5, what we know was that they were put in prison with Joseph. But we know that Joseph was innocent. Praise the Lord. If anybody was entitled to a bad attitude in that prison, who was it? It was Joseph. Okay? So Joseph wakes up in the morning and he goes to two of his fellow prisoners who have a bad attitude, who are sad. And he says to them, why are you so sad this morning? Why are you so sad? And they said, so and so, we've had a dream and we don't have an interpretation. And Joseph, who is wrongly imprisoned, says to them, my God will give the interpretation of your dream. It means while he was in prison, he was diffusing the fragrance of Christ. Had he not done it, we don't know when he would have come out of. Those were his fellows in the ship. They were his fellows in the ship. 
There are fellows in your ship now. What are you ministering to them? Let's rise on our feet. Mm. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. I don't even know what we should pray. Open my eyes. Let me see. Let me see you. Let me see you. Let me exalt you. Let me worship you. Let me not be blinded. Lord, help me. Help me. Help me. The Bible says it's the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Tonight, our meeting is called the keys of the kingdom. Lord, I receive these keys. I receive these keys. I believe someone has received a key. I believe someone has received a key. That's what we gather for. It is his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. But you see, he, he can't go against his ways. The Bible says Jesus Christ is the same. He's the same. He's the same. The same God that sent those two men. That Joseph in his pain will minister to them. Because they were in the same fellowship. The same God that sent Job to pray for his friends. Because they were the closest to him in his pain. The same God is our God. Tonight we are saying, Father, help us, O Lord. As we go from your presence tonight, let us go with the keys of the kingdom. Let us go with the keys of the kingdom. Somebody has a testimony hanging. And you're going with the key. Instruction. Insight. Understanding. It's coming to you. It's coming to you. Somebody who thought it was all over. You're now seeing that it was a setup. It was a setup. The hand of the Lord is still at work. He's watching. His ears are bent. Bow down to hear. That he may arise on your behalf. That he may arise on your behalf. Lord help us. Help us. I want you to ask the Lord help me. Help me Lord. Help me. Help me. Help me. Help me. I want to know you. I want these things to become part of me. I want to be grounded. The Bible talks about being rooted and grounded in love. May come to know the fullness of God. This is what it is about. The details of it, not emotions. Knowing that you are in us all. Walking through us all. In every situation and in every circumstance. Lord, help us as a church. Help me. I want you to pray individually. Lord, give me the keys. Give me sensitivity. That the things I've learned. And for those that are watching online. And watching some, you know, that will listen to electronic. Cry to the Lord. Help me tonight. Help me. Help me. Let me take these keys. These keys will bring down the gates of hell. Our Lord Jesus Christ says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Lord, tonight I'm asking for help. Help me, O oh Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. In the name of Jesus. The, the second part I want us to pray is where we looked at 2 Corinthians 13, 14. The communion of the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Let us desire that this 
communion will become valuable to me. It will become valuable to me. The Bible talks about those who have desired his word more than they are necessary for. Let this be the measure of my joy. Let it be the measure of my assurance. Let me no longer look left and right. Let me look inward. Is the Spirit leading me? Am I with the Holy Spirit? Is He with me? Let us ask. Let us desire. Let us above all say, Lord, where you have, let me be sensitive. Let me be sensitive. Let me be sensitive to your fellowship. Because as one of the scriptures read, it says, it's one spirit. One spirit. So the spirit that is in me is also the same spirit that is in you. Let me be sensitive to what your spirit is witnessing to me. And what your spirit is witnessing through me. Lord, help me, Lord. Let it become treasure to me. Let it become precious to me. Because as many as are continually in this communion, they will manifest as the sons of God. In the name of Jesus. One last prayer we'll take. It says, 1 John 1, 4, that your joy may be full. Let us pray that as every one of us comprehends these things and obeys them, that there'll be testimonies, there'll be joy, there'll be marriages, there'll be conceptions, there'll be healings, there'll be provisions, there'll be promotions, there'll be love. Let us pray that all these things, according as the word of God has said, that by reason of all these things, let our marriages become blissful beautiful. Let our places of work, no matter how your office is before you came here today, go back to that office and spread love. Go back and spread peace. Is there panic? Is there harassment? Go back there and be the only superior that brings comfort to the genius. Go to that environment. Go to that neighborhood and spread the love of God. It says as you do these things, your joy, your joy, your joy, your joy may be full. Lord, we are saying as your church, we receive, as you had spoken to us, the commission to bring the fellowship of God the Father and his Son and the Holy Spirit everywhere we go. And we know as we do this, joy, joy and much joy will abound. Thank you for testimonies. Thank you for victories. Thank you for overcoming. We give you the praise. In Jesus Christ's name we have prayed. Praise the Lord, somebody. Hallelujah. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.